Hello and welcome to What A Way To Make A Living. The podcast where we talk to people working creatively about what they do for a living and why. I'm Devla O'Shea. And I'm Amelia Liuzzi. In today's episode, we talk to illustrator Joey Yu about her passion for drawing, how she turned that passion into her business, the importance of getting comfortable talking about money and avoiding the pressure to achieve all of your goals at once. Let's go. Let's do this. We've actually got to introduce ourselves as well. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 One second. Can you hear us? I think I'm. Yes, I can. Hello. Oh, cool. Hey. How's it Hello. going? Hello. Nice to. Um, good yeah <laughs> I, just, I had a, I had a bit of a um mad day yesterday uh doing a workshop from four till maybe like nine o'clock I was just talking and presenting and then I and then I was just like ooh, and now and now it feels very strange you did a five hour workshop well I did two workshops so it was like oh. back to back very intense uh, was this an but, Instagram live thing? It was a Zoom, a Zoom call thing. So people could sign up and then they got, got sent the Zoom link and then, yeah, then we all kind of could draw together. It was oh, good. That's so cool. So cool. That's really cool. <laughs> so obviously we haven't actually met in real life. So I'm Derbler, by the way. Um, and this oh. is, yeah. <laughs> I'm Amelia. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet um, you too. Yeah, I think you're actually our first guest that we haven't met in, yeah, that we haven't met before. Is that right, Amelia? Yeah, because yeah. We, we just recorded our first Zoom podcast um, yeah, a couple of days ago yeah. with someone, but we had met them years and years before. Okay, so, got you. So this is the first time we're like reaching out to a completely new person talk to <laughs> and then like doing it all digitally basically because yeah everybody else all the other ones that we've recorded we've done it obviously before lockdown um mm-hmm. to be able to like meet up in person and that kind of thing so yeah thanks so much for taking the time to come and chat to us no worries thanks for having me um why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for anybody listening who might not know okay um so i'm joey you I'm a illustrator and an animator. I I do a, I try to do a little bit of everything. And yeah, I went to Kingston School of Art and I graduated in 2017. And since then I've just been working on different projects and kind of having fun and experimenting as much as possible, seeing where the wind takes me. That's great. Did you um before you started, like before you went to university, did you know you wanted to be an illustrator, study illustration? Um, yeah, I think it, well, I had a really like a strong love for drawing when I was little. And when actually when I was really small and I used to read all these children's books, I was like, this is what I want to be when I'm older. I want to be an illustrator when I was like three four five however old you start reading books um 
like that was that was it from the beginning um and then i continued that love for it and and then i got to art foundation and then there was a, a short period of time where i thought maybe i'd go down a fashion route because i i love fashion as well um but then i thought illustration i think what really drew me to illustration is the is the storytelling of it and also like the community is so kind um and if, if anything i just wanted to be in a space where everyone was really really loving and uh, supportive of each other so i was like i want to be part of that family oh that's so nice so so nice so yeah what do you think's been like the as there has that felt has that feeling kind of stayed true like since you've kind of as like as you're sort of feeling more and more part of the that world um mm -hmm. and working in it does that does it feel like a family always um for sure there's there's it's really nice because i have a group of friends who are doing the same sort of thing and we we're all really supportive of each other there's there's a strong family feeling in that sense and a, a lot of companies that you work with are, are generally really really nice as well um there has been and i know this has been a topic that's been spoken a lot about over lockdown i'm seeing a lot of a lot of chat about um this issue but there's been some um stuff where people have been coming uh, sort of coming out about um certain companies not paying correctly or um like people not getting paid the same amounts and and a, a lot of that stuff in illustration is i think is quite it, that's a big problem because because people are so nice there's a there's a, a tendency for um people be to to be too nice and and kind of accept uh, lower pay when they when they shouldn't um yeah it's a it's a whole can of worms if you open it i think is a big yeah, discussion to talk that's about really, for sure yeah, that's really difficult yeah that's just yeah cool. um have you always kind of sorry Debra, do you have a question oh no no you go but i'll go first and then. <laughs> <laughs> in the room i think me and Debra are kind of we can sense when the next person has a question but here we're just yeah. trying to like yeah there's like a lag like, there's a there's a yeah, little delay <laughs> um yeah i was just gonna say uh in terms of that kind of thing like managing when you're working with different people i'm sure we'll talk more about who you work with and for and what kind of work you do but um have you always worked for yourself in terms of your like commercial work yeah um i've had since leaving university i've had like a couple um flirtations with working in an agency i guess but it's i think it's at the moment for me it's just never been something that i've i've really really wanted and i've just stayed freelance and pretty independent so i've i've worked out most things by myself that's great do you do you ever feel like i'm assuming you work mostly on your own or do you do you have a studio um i had a studio for maybe just under a year last year um but i actually found myself just working mainly from home and so mm. then I, I i had to just give it up um yeah ten, i tend to just work from my um from my room by myself <laughs> <laughs> how do you keep motivated um 
I, I think because I love it so much, there's obviously that drive. There's a, there's the natural drive of being like, Oh, I, I'm lying in bed and I get ideas. So I, I just got to get up and I've got to make something. Um, in that sense that maybe that's something to talk about as well in that there's no particular schedule um like your weekends blur into your weekdays and it's it's kind of muddy but I I mean I love it but then also I think yeah having having a strong community of friends that are doing the same thing we kind of urge each other on and I'm always inspired by seeing what they're doing um and I try and make my job as sociable as possible so I always try to, so at the moment in lockdown, I've been doing calls like over FaceTime or Zoom where I'm doing portraits of people and that's not necessarily um, stuff that I'm being paid for. It's not like um, a sponsored job or anything, but I just do it and then I, I have that satisfaction of talking to someone, drawing really quickly and then like I just have that piece of work um, to kind of refer to when I'm doing other stuff. So yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> that's fantastic. I think that's so great. What is it like just on the topic of kind of you feel like you wake up and you have all these ideas and you want to get them all out. Um, what does that feel like when you're, when you're drawing? Um, I think it's exciting. It's frustrating as well because I think, I think my brain runs uh, – obviously not in a linear way and it's very it, go, it goes like really quickly and then I have to just like have my hand try and catch up with where I'm thinking um <laughs> but yeah it all, apparently all of my ideas come right at the end of the day I mean midnight 11 p.m then that's where where it's like optimum thinking time I think for everyone right everyone always gets these amazing ideas when they're just lying in, in bed so um, yeah, that's that's when inspiration hits. Nice. Do you like in that instance? Do you get up and actually kind of then just do it? Like, do you? I guess. Yeah, I have. I have um, my phone. I mean, that's this is really bad, but I have my phone plugged in right next to my bed. I mean, do you have your phone plugged in? Yeah, it's oh, twenty twenty, yeah. mate. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I, whether I've just just been around people who are like real like saints. Um, like one one person I know, my um, this woman I used to work with, she was like, "Yes, I always take my phone and I plug it into my living room and I shut my door and my bedroom is my bedroom and that is it." And I was like, "Yeah, oh my God. I wish I was like." That. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm exactly like the same. <laughs> I put my phone in a tiny little box. I take it downstairs. I put it in the fridge. And <laughs> it doesn't come near me. Um, it's a good night. 6 p.m. Yeah, it's a good night. Saying, no, no texting. No Instagram scrolling. No, I, uh, I have it right next to me by my bed. And recently I've been into just scrolling through TikTok, uh, which is just a waste of time. Or, or like inspirational. I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think um, that it's, it's really interesting. Um, just side, side note, like I'm a designer yeah. and, uh, I, um, and I was working in an agency and, and now I'm working myself. And it really, feels really different just because like um, sometimes, you know, you have like a set amount of hours in the day to do something. But then when you're working for yourself, you set your own time. And when it comes to like creativity, it, it seems like, 
we should be a little bit more flexible. I don't know. Do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just thought I was thinking about this to myself, how if you were an artist, maybe a few hundred years ago, you're, it's not like you had a weekday, like nine to five job. It's, that's not how the job role worked. That, that's not how people lived. And obviously now we've kind of created it into a, a nine to five job for ourselves. So I think, I think it is just, it's something kind of unnatural about whipping creativity into, into this like little shape um, that you have to live by. And I think, I think, how can you control when an idea hits you? You can be at your desk and trying to come up with a solution to um, an illustration for, for the New York Times or whatever, but it, you could just be sitting at your desk all day. You can't really control it. I know you've got, we've probably got a deadline, but then, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's been your like best way of, I guess, managing that so far? And has that kind of changed in lockdown at all? Um, I, I feel like the, almost the best way of managing myself is by having that sort of adrenaline of a, a quick turnaround like I do love when when a, a commissioner sends you a, a brief and they're like you must let us know if you can do this ASAP you've got two days to do it to turn this round um, I, th I think something in my brain gets really excited about that challenge and I really like the problem solving nature of it um, whereas if I've got two weeks then I could just there's definitely a word for it, but when, when you just have so much time and then you feel like you don't have to do anything and your brain doesn't work until the, the last few moments. Yeah, I, I think I, think I, I like to uh, just let, let, it, let the inspiration come when it, when it comes. That's probably bad advice. Inter well, no, it's, that's really interesting. These are probably dumb questions. In terms of your style, yeah, do you set restrictions for yourself? Is that something that's developing? Do you have a style? What are your opinions on that? Um, I, I feel like I've, I've, never, I've never sat down to, with myself and kind of looked at myself and, and said to uh, my brain, this is your style. This is how you will draw. Um, you will only work in this medium and la 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 la. Um, but I think naturally I've been working and using so many different materials. Like I try to do everything so then I can learn what I didn't like. And then I gravitate to a certain things. So that is how a style naturally forms. I, I remember our tutors always telling us don't try and find a style and and that was really confusing because how how can you make work when you you how can you attack a piece of paper when you don't have any restrictions or any rules and I completely get that that they don't want you to um start start working in a particular way straight away but I think you have to I guess you just have to start at a point where start at like a really loose basic way of working and then incorporate feelings or materials from 
places and people that you like not obviously copying them but you take little um little gestures i guess like i'm trying to think of an example like i really love i think i'm going to say her name wrong tamara de lempica she's like mm. a paint she's a painter from i i can't remember she's from maybe a hundred years ago or something i'm gonna i don't know when <laughs> um but i really love the way that she paints and she paints these really gorgeous um figures and they're body shapes are really nice and I don't draw like her um but I definitely looked at the way that she um exaggerates body shape and plays with uh, the female form and like she draws women's stomachs that are really rounded um and smooth and and like, almost like a bowl and I loved how she did that and I just I think you can you can take like a feeling of the way that someone creates really interesting shapes and then use that in your own work without necessarily copying it at all. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. When do you think you first got that feeling of like, I guess, confidence in your work and felt that you found something that really sort of expresses you? I think, I mean, I st still to this day, I still look at things that I make and I'm like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> and, and I have that frustration with my work. But I think, I think that's good. I think it's good to always be nitpicking. Your, I mean, not completely nitpicking your work, but always being not 100% satisfied with something. That's good because then I, it makes me want to make something again and like move on to the next piece. Um, but I think at some maybe like around f five years ago when I started drawing I started keeping a sketchbook and I started drawing every day um just all the stuff around me I think that's when I started to get less precious about things and I started to forget that I was making a drawing and I just wanted to record what I was seeing and then I got a loose, like my wrist was a bit more loose. From that point, I think things started clicking a bit more and it started making sense because before that point, I really labored over things and tried to make a beautiful picture. And then when I threw that out the window, then I think I started making a beautiful picture. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We were just talking about that, looking through all of your work. Like there's that kind of effortless confidence obviously backed up by a lot of skill um but it it feels like it's Thanks. it's it it feels like easy to understand and look at and appreciate and it, it doesn't feel like yeah too labored over and i think i mean that is part of the appeal for us as well as viewers yeah for sure thank you this that's really nice to hear <laughs> i was i can't remember who said it but um, the, I was talking to someone and, and the, it, this was a quote or something, but um, there was definitely someone who said, you have to, or maybe this is just something from my brain. I don't know. So <laughs> the, the, you know when you just have like a, a, a vague quote in your head and you have no idea where it came from, but there's definitely a saying that you have to learn learn how to be a master to then learn how to, be a child or like just that that sentiment of you've got to work 
and learn the basics, learn how to do perspective, learn how to um, draw like a pro. And then only once you've reached that point, then you can unlearn again and break things down because you, it's, it's like an informed way of drawing where you can understand how a picture is made, but then it still has an a, a energy of not knowing how it's made. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. That totally makes sense. I suppose it would be the same with so many different creative professions, you know, like music and art and all those different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You like, kind of you know, when you hear a song and it is just the best song ever and it sounds so simple or like a, a, the way someone sings is is amazing and it comes so effortlessly to them but you know they've learned how to do their scales and you learn they've learned how to do all of this this stuff beforehand and you need that to back it up yeah totally and to then push it when you want that's great yeah 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 um dev yes i was just gonna say when did you start i guess gaining traction with your work and um has social media really helped with that do you think yeah um when i went to uni um which is when did i what year did i start uni i think 2015 was was when i was in first year i can't remember 20 i think it was 2015 i don't even know um that was kind of when instagram was just first becoming the platform that everyone was using um, I remember when I was in foundation, which was 2014, people, people had it, but they didn't really know what it was for yet. There was, it was a, a very, it was like a playground and I had it and I was just posting pictures of my friends when we were on a night out and, um, just pictures of things we liked or like <laughs> night people wearing, oh, someone wears yellow. And there's a banana, you know, you take a picture of that. That's what people were doing on Instagram. That is like exactly what Instagram was. Isn't it? Totally, before like brands took over. Yeah, yeah. There was no brands on it. Your mum wasn't on it. Um, And that's only, that's like five years ago, which is not long ago. Um, But just seeing the way that things have changed is, is remarkable. I think... Yeah, um, so I had it as a personal platform and then slowly, as I was at uni, it just started posting the things I was drawing just naturally. And then I think because it was still in its early stages, I made a lot of, I made some friends on there who I didn't know in real life. And and even that was kind of strange um, to do. Um, but then, yeah, I started p- posting more and more work in them people just naturally found me from different bits and bobs. Um, and I had a Tumblr at that point, which is like very old school now, maybe. Um, and I was posting work on that, like literally didn't even think about what I was posting. I would just take my sketchbook, sit down one day and then like just scan all the pages, like one by one, not edit them or do anything <laughs> to them. Just upload them all blanket covered, like just, all of them all at one go um no no strategy nothing just like <laughs> and then I was like just post it online and like just sit back and then 
obviously then the way, weird way the internet works, like people would find stuff and reblog and repost. Um, and I, and then I think people just naturally started finding me. Um, and there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it, I think. Um, but I, it's been the most helpful thing having social media. Like that is the way that I've found an audience and that's the way I communicate with people, um, find work, find people that I'm, I'm interested in, like I, the people that I love and artists that, that are new and different, they all come from Instagram or Tumblr or Twitter, some, some strange little digital world. <laughs> That's great that you just put yourself out there at the beginning as well. Yeah, I, and I was posting stuff that I didn't even really like. It was just every single page. So then almost, almost, I think, uh, you know what I, I reckon is, pe and I've, I value this when I see it in other people's work as well. I really like just the unfinished stuff, the, the process bits, the, the workings out and the line drawings, the basic stuff. I was posting all of that stuff as well. And I, I feel like I don't really do that anymore. And maybe I should. But that is what people like to see. Do you think, maybe? like now, yeah, now you curate yourself more? Yeah, for sure. Now there's, now there's the, um, the, the thought goes through my head before I post something. Uh, is, it's that, oh, this isn't just stuff that me and my friends are seeing um, um, at school. Uh, businesses are seeing this uh people from all around the world are seeing it it's kind of it can give you a little bit of an anxiety to not post whatever you want um sometimes that crosses my mind and i uh, yeah I, yeah <laughs> i don't is know what to say about it. is it restrictive though in terms of your work like do you find that like you know now that you do that is your commute like you've got like you know the followers mm -hmm. of people that are the audience do you find yeah. that that then restricts your like the style that you create in or give you any kind of yeah you know do you feel you need to be do a certain thing or do you still feel like you can overcome those things mm. I I think yeah yeah like and undoubtedly yes it does come into play the fact that you can become influenced by the people that follow you and and what they want to see from you um for instance i could do a drawing that i spend a whole um, a whole week on just laboring over something something that i think is really really good and i'm really proud of it and maybe it doesn't it's not received that that well like not like it it it's hated on or anything but it i don't know if you were to take this into consideration maybe it would it would get two two thousand likes um and you could do a line like a line drawing that takes you five seconds like five minutes and it could have 10k it the the discrepancy of, of what you think is valuable can be so altered. It, it, it just, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Um, 
and I've I've looked at it sometimes and just thought, but this is an algorithm and this is this is the way that social media works and that if you do something that's easy to get from first viewing, so say you do a line drawing and it's a very, very simple idea, people will appreciate that because it's you get it on first contact and it's made for that scrolling sort of nature. Mm. But that's also not the way that I work and I like to do detailed things and I like to, to do, do stuff that isn't, isn't easy sometimes. So I, I think that there's still value in the things that take time to understand and take a little bit and make you pause a little bit longer. So I still, I think that I, I, I wrestled with it and, but then I, I realized that I like what I make. And as long as I like it, and there's a, there's a small community of people, like almost it's better to have one person who you respect and, and has the same views and um, are artistic, yeah, artistic views as you. If they like it, that's more valuable than having 20K, you know? Yeah, totally. I think that's so great. Like the feeling of that, that uh, finding the value in what you do and that it's actually, it's not, it's not from like, you know, kind of maybe a, a bit more of a shallow kind of value that might come from like Instagram likes. And it's like, you know, mm. I, you have that value because you appreciate what you do. You understand the skill. And I think that's, that's really great. Mm. I love, yeah, I love hearing like that. that. Sounds like that could be quite confusing, I guess, as well, like balancing those two things. And then I guess getting to a certain point where you have to be like, I have to disregard this. And actually, I just have to focus on what is valuable to me and the people who I respect, which isn't necessarily equated to the likes or the algorithms and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy to forget that Instagram's an algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. And, and especially if you have a business account, um, which I switched to at some point, uh, maybe last year. For the longest, I resisted it. And, and I, I wanted to just kind of treat it as a personal account as, as much as possible. Almost like how when I had a Tumblr, I didn't really look, I didn't look at anything. I just used it to just post the work and just let it, let it go. Um, but then at one point I realized, okay, this is also my job. So I have to, I have to have a business account, <laughs> otherwise I can't do certain things. Uh, so then I, so, so then I changed it and, and then suddenly I had all of these insights. So then I could see every single detail about every single post. I could see what time people were viewing things. I could see all of these things. And I think that that is such a dangerous spiral to get down when your job is something that is a creative outlet, but it's also your way of making money. For sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Totally, I try, totally. I try not look at it. Totally. That I try is not it. look at it unless, unless a, a company asks for like screenshots of insights <laughs> and then I have to send it to them. Oh, that's stressful. Oh. Earlier you touched on like some controversy around kind of people getting paid fairly and stuff and yeah. with regards to like treating yourself as a business and that side of things, how do you kind of make sure that you are like establishing your value like properly um, 
and kind of and and sticking to that and and that kind of side of things mm -hmm. um when i when i left university um and i maybe this is a conversation to have in the future or one that should happen in general but i left university without really knowing anything about business um and how to treat illustration or um design as a business um and i was very naive i would say and i didn't know how to price stuff i, I, I really didn't know how how any of it worked um it would be amazing to know you know invoices um doing quotes all of that like paperwork that kind of stuff would be so valuable but i i charged i undercharged and undervalued myself i think quite a bit I remember I did this job and it was a job with a big company and it was something, something where I charged like a, a fraction of the, of the price that I should have got. I sent them, sent them the, the amount that I was willing to charge and they're like, yep, yeah, cool. Let's, let's have you. It was a job where I had to fly out and and it was a several several days in a different country and then coming back home coming back home um and when i was out there the guy who who manages all the accounts and stuff he came up to me and he was like you undervalued your job like by so much you should have charged xyz um and i, I was like I, a, a part of me knew already at that point that i had but it was come, I hadn't come to terms with the fact that I deserve to be paid that much. Mm. Um, but then after he said that, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to work this out. And I, and I think because there's no set, set amount, it's not like, it's not like having your hair cut or anything like that, where prices are super transparent. Um, and it, it varies from job to job and person to person. Um, I think then that's what we need more than anything is some sort of transparency. And I know um, there's there's like a, a website called Lightbox. And I know a lot of people are starting to compile and like provide their their own fees and things like that to other artists. So you can kind of get an averaged amount that's starting to happen more and more now. Um, and I'm starting to contribute to that too. So when you start this whole thing, you have an idea of where you, where you sit. Cause I I definitely didn't know <laughs> at all. And after that experience, like how did you kind of go away about trying to find more like information on that? Um, I, well, I started with people that I knew. I, um, I was asking how much they were charging for certain jobs and there's there's a few articles online and things like that you really have to scour and and search it out like there's lightbox website I have only just heard about it like a month ago and I've been doing this thing for a while um, yeah I think if anything it's it's just yeah it's transparency I think it'd be amazing if at universities you had talks from illustrators it's amazing you have talks from 
artists, they come in and they talk about their practice, but it would be amazing to get them to talk about the business side of stuff as well. Run through case studies and things like that. Um, so, so up and coming designers, graphic designers, illustrators, anyone in that sphere can really get a good grasp of it before they begin. Totally. That feels like something that we should cover as well, Devla, on yeah. a podcast called What a Way to Make should. a Living. I think we need, <laughs> really, to really have, we need to have we need to have full full episode about money. Because it's it's yeah. such a it's such a hard thing in a lot of I mean when I work in creative industries, but yeah, a lot of different creative roles, like valuing yourself is really, really difficult. For sure. And I think like, fortunately, these conversations are becoming ever more present now, just the idea Mm -hmm. of being open and transparent about their value and just talking about money. Um, And I think that's really great and really important. But yeah, like, we need more of it. And we need to be kind of adding to it. Yeah. Yeah. And also with illustration, it must be difficult in terms of like, because it kind of it, it, it's on the fine line between like, answering your brief design wise but then also artists an artistic piece and then you've got the intellectual property of who owns what and the copyright and I can't that I feel like must be really difficult Mm -hmm. and there's I mean there's so many things that come into it but it also is super important I think for young artists to value where they stand in terms of making sure they don't price out uh illustrators who are already established Mm. um for example there's i think there's a big discussion about this but basically if an illustrator comes in and um charges 200 pounds for a job Mm. um not knowing how much that job is worth and maybe it's worth a thousand pounds i don't know or 500 pounds more than what they've charged then and that's what illustrators have been paid before, then a company will think, oh, I can get someone to do this job for 200 pounds. Easy, that's, that's how much I'll charge from now on. It then suddenly brings down the value of- um, The industry. The industry, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. Um, and obvi- obviously the, the young illustrator is unaware of this. And so it's just, it's, good practice for for them to know and and it's good practice for for older um illustrators to to help them and make them understand and and to help help them raise it up for both of both people definitely yeah that's such an interesting perspective actually i'd not really thought about it as kind of being so codependent on each other and actually yeah 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 all kind of um things sort of yeah Everyone's just got to have it's, the money chat. Mm-hmm. They've got to have the money chat. It's, it's, it's an ugly chat. It's not a pretty one to have, but I think more so than ever, we need to, we need to start talking about it. Definitely. And like, stop, yeah, just stop feeling so uncomfortable about it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So with, um, again, with your social media stuff, you sort of said it about the beginning about, I guess, like the community aspects and that you've been running some online, um, is it workshops or what have you been up to there? Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. So the thing they did yesterday, we did, did some um, Zoom workshops. So that was in partnership with, um, am I allowed to say the company? 
Bombay Sapphire. You can I'm sorry, no, out. you are. You need to. We are, no brands allowed on this channel. <laughs> I, I don't know. You can't be promoting like, to our me. thousands and thousands of listeners. <laughs> I love it. So I was driving by McDonald's. <laughs> And I stopped to get a Big Mac and it was delicious. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Um, <laughs> Bombay Sapphire. I, I work with Bombay Sapphire. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know how it works. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I did, some, great. I did some Zoom workshops and that was really cute. It was the first time I had, I had I've done like an insta live maybe the week before the a couple weeks before um doing drawing for everyone to see but this is the first time people were drawing in their little zoom windows and so that was really cute i i was drawing and then they held up their artworks and then we spotlighted them so we put them on the main screen so all of the other people in the chat could see their drawing big on screen and then we kind of hyped them up a bit said wow we love how you painted those trees that looks great. Um, that that was really fun. I I really I love doing things like that. I would love to be like a part time art teacher. That would be oh, such a dream. You definitely should. You're so inspiring. I think actually that's, <laughs> that's like that's actually leading into the next thing we wanted to talk about um, is this idea that like you you started talking about at the beginning why you love illustration and it's about the storytelling and the messaging mm. behind that um uh what are some of the things in your work when it comes to like um telling those kinds of stories what are the kinds of things and messages you're trying to get out there um what do you think is important for uh, us to be like taking from your work and learning from your work and what are some of the things you kind of haven't done yet but you want to do mm. um uh, at the moment, I, f I feel still like such a baby in my career in terms of only just still working out what I'm doing and working out where I'm going. Only, only at the end of last year, I, I started working on this, this longer animation with my friend Ben. And, and that feels more, more like anything that I wanted to do um, than any, any of the other projects I've done. And that's like a, like a full on story that I'm telling. Whereas everything at the moment feels like just snapshots. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the, the main thing I, I do in my work is I, I love to, to draw things that feel like um, scenes that you would be around every day, but giving it some sort of magic or some sort of um, air of mystery, something quite not, um, something slightly not quite right or you know just like elevating it every elevating the everyday but in this animation I'm making with my friend it's it's going to be like a a surreal story about a talking fish right um so it's it's my my hopes for like the future is that my work get kind of takes a little bit more of a surreal turn but we will see. It's gonna. I'm. I'm still. Yeah, working stuff out. I'm like. There's so much time. 
and like I'm right at the beginning so I'm just taking little baby steps towards the projects and the jobs that I want to do awesome I absolutely love that can't wait to see the animated fish yeah yes <laughs> yes so do you think like it kind of feels like a bit more recently that illustration is used quite a lot in kind of culture and like in the media to tackle more issues and like have more of a voice what do you reckon like puts illustration in as such a good medium to do that mm. like do you, um, do you know, in terms of like I feel like I often see like a say illustration used in articles to maybe talk about like politics or gender or sexism or race or things yeah. like that yeah um yeah that's actually very very true I think because well number one the power it has over a photograph and I, I respect photography so much but the difference is um illustration is a medium where you can distort uh reality and you can draw things that don't exist so then there's the power in that like so say say you're trying to draw something you have an article about grief how do you how can you summarize grief with a photograph you can't it's really well it's really hard whereas you can sort of play with that emotion and you know draw something that makes you understand it a lot more complexly um you can combine different things together to make something um yeah and i mean so i've done illustrations but so as an example i did an illustration about there was um the first black uh black statue um in brooklyn oh, i was an article i did a while ago now but it, it was basically about um it was an article dealing with about race and how there was a never never any black statues in this one park and this was the first one so i was and talking about how it was finally showing the people um something that they recognize in themselves and putting it on a pedestal um i'm probably not explaining this very well um <laughs> but the fact that then then i drew the statue really really large larger than life and it was reaching down and holding the hands of the tiny little passers-by and the little people walking in the street you can't you can't do that any other way than illustration it's such a wonderful medium in that you can be so playful and and emotions are huge and swelling and um not they don't make sense so illustration is such a great way to show that because it does it you can make your drawings huge and large and they don't have to make sense so they just like work hand in hand together brilliant got a few minutes left do you think oh. maybe it is time for your segment purple ah yes <laughs> <laughs> perfect segue into that so, 
so we do this little thing called um, bring it to the table. And basically, you know, we spend like an hour or so kind of asking you all these questions and kind of getting under the skin of, of your work and stuff. And this is kind of our opportunity for like you to just either talk about something um, that you think people should like know about or be talking about some more or um, yeah, you can, it's kind of bringing anything to the table basically. So yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, so I feel like the thing that I wanted to talk about, I've talked about, which was, was, which was like, well, just like the, the difficult conversation about money. Like that mm. was, that was the thing that I want, I really wanted to talk about. But I think also, um, yeah, I, the, when people ask me questions, when I go to talks and I do um, any sort of Q&A, the biggest question I get is, is um, yeah, people, younger artists struggling with inspiration. And I know we kind of touched on it already, but just the fact that um, a lot of young people feel, su <clears throat> feel such a pressure to perform and I think they're, they're looking at their peers and thinking, I have to be 100%, I have to be the greatest straight away. Um, and they're always asking, what, how, do I have it? how do I find inspiration when I don't have any? I, I, need, to be, I need to be really, really good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, life is so long that's the if, if any, you can take it anything away it's like life is so long and our current generation is um uh, not our current generation but our, like the the media and everything is so fixed on on i think the next big young thing or or who are, who are the coolest people under 25? Well, who are the change makers that are doing something and that are youth? And it's very, yeah, very youth orientated. And I think, I think, um, I think that is great, but then also neglects the fact that some people don't come to their careers in, until their forties or their, or later, because you need, sometimes it takes life experience and it takes um, time to work things out. And I feel like I've been very lucky in that people have been able to see my work at the point that I am in my life. But I know that the way that I am right now is different to five years ago and the way that I work is different to five years ago. So growth is continuing all the time. And just to, I just want to let people know that you don't have to find something right now. You don't have to know everything right now. And it's, it's so important to just take things slowly. Sure. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think there's an inordinate amount of pressure on young people to deliver, especially in like mm -hmm. a creative sense that you should be like, you should find your style. You should have your niche. You should be working yeah. for your dream brands by, you know, whatever yeah. time. And there's no, there's no space to fail as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that there's a lot more kind of discussion coming up at the moment about, you know, yeah, failures and how we can learn from them, especially creatively. 
but yeah I think that's just like a brilliant point to bring up um so I guess like if somebody was kind of looking at you and your work and um admiring I guess like the opportunities that you've had so far and 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 the work that you've done so far like yeah what sort of advice would you give to somebody who's looking to kind of um maybe yeah progress in like their illustration mm-hmm. um you just have to continue um in the broader sense of the term so just continue drawing every day continue looking for inspiration not settling on one style so I still am continuing to look for the things that I like and look for um new new pathways to move down so never being fixed is the biggest uh, piece of advice I can give so keep watching films keep reading books um I I feel like I've I learn something new every single day so make sure you you do that um being open to the things that are going on on around the world and that can only help by inspiring what it is that you want to say in your work yeah that's great. Use different materials. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Just keep, keep going. Just keep going. I mean, right? I think everyone needs to hear that now. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I yeah, I love I love that positivity as well, and the kind of like just lo- like giving yourself yourself like space to kind of fail. I think when we when we started this podcast as well, part of it was you know we were maybe at a stage in our career where we mm-hmm. kind of we'd had a bit of a goal and maybe we'd reached that goal and we'd kind of been working for a while. We're in the middle of a company. You know? And I, I think that same feeling of when you finish university or whatever that, whatever the thing is that you've just achieved and then you like look on to the next thing. It's yeah. that same feeling of how the hell am I going to then get there? Or I had this in yeah. mind and then how am I going to, how am I going to get to the next thing? And it kind of feels relentless and it feels like you're not ever good enough or, you know, that, that kind mm. of feeling. I think, I think that's kind of, something that you feel yeah when you're a bit younger but then I think it come it continues to come back and must continue to come back it's like a universal feeling but yeah I think I love that you're just like work through it keep going and just yeah. keep finding things every day because you know oh because you haven't done it yet doesn't mean you're not going to do it you know mm-hmm. and and also just um finding inspiration and value in in just living as 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 you are because I think a lot of people um don't necessarily go into the creative industry straight away even if they have a strong passion for it there's not necessarily an in um right right after you leave school so if you end up in a job that's not quite what you want there's still ways that you can you can be creative in whatever industry you are in like I love reading stories about people who are um just having their little side projects while they're they're doing their main job and and I think yeah you can just there's a being creative isn't about like churning out loads of work it's just about having that that mindset within you in whatever you do it's like my my dad was a hairdresser and he is so so creative but he was he's cutting hair but his I would say he's a creative person because he his mindset is just solely um always looking for the the wonder and the interesting parts of life that's 
that that's like he he's probably like a better artist than a lot of people in this world because of his mindset does it if that makes any sense (laughs) no that's great i think we often like pigeonhole ourselves into yeah being uh creative or not being a creative and then kind of you guide yourself around those things and actually the more accepting that you are of yourself as you say and like the current state that you're in like I think Mm -hmm. the more creative you then like can feel so it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that yeah if you don't let yourself feel that creativeness whatever you're doing then it blocks you it kind of blocks you yeah so yeah another yeah good point for sure yeah just wake up wake up every day and oh yeah (laughs) I was just saying you wake up every day and then you look in your mirror and you say I am an artist and today I'm going to tackle the day in the most um wonderful way possible you know just give yourself affirmations (laughs) yeah Hell yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, thanks so That's much awesome. for just like giving us a bit of insight into <laughs> just like your process <laughs> and your work and everything. It's been so lovely just chatting. It's so nice. Oh, it's been lovely too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I've said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am one of those people that just open my mouth and say it says random things and then I don't know I forget like an hour later what did I say (laughs) no I love that hopefully it's been good it's been so good and like yeah I love I love your, your whole vibe it's really inspiring you know like even just like yeah that it, it I think it's all like it all comes down to when you were just like yeah I just fucking scanned every page of my sketchbook and put on like, <laughs> like I think that's like we all need to be a bit more like that you know a little bit yeah more, like just you know fuck it like let's just give this a go just I think do it yeah that's a that's a really really great thing to hear especially right now mm, for, sure. for sure what are you gonna do today what am I gonna do today yeah um I I'm going to finish off a drawing I did of my friend over Zoom. So I just, I've, I've like got down the bare bits and I'm just going to finish it off. And then I'm going to just like sip some coffee outside, I think. Awesome. Just like sit outside. <laughs> <laughs> or like half outside. We'll stay safe. Yeah. You too. And hopefully when we can all meet in person, maybe we can meet in person. I'm, that would be lovely. <laughs> That'd be so sweet. A big thanks to Joey for that conversation that we had earlier in the year. What a pleasure to listen back to. We want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What would you like us to ask people about? Follow us on Instagram at waterwaypodcast or send us an email, waterwaytomakeapodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Fanes. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>